Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast episode number 191. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? Feeling good. Uh, we're getting into the holiday season. There's snow falling everywhere. A lot of people getting ready for ski trips. I'm getting ready for a ski trip in a few weeks to Europa. You're getting ready this weekend, aren't you? I am heading up to the Green Mountains this weekend. Yes. Yeah. So after our, our little kickoff of the season indoors, first track, big snow at the new American Dream Mall in East Rutherford, we are ready. We're prepared to go onto the real mountains. <laughs> A lot of fun last week. So thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on all the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We'll be honest, we pretty much focus on Instagram at this point, a little bit on Twitter. It's probably 70% Instagram, 29% Twitter, and 1% Facebook. I'm going on a Pinterest right now as you're talking. Oh, boom. So yeah, at Ski Bum Podcast there. A lot of people have been hitting us up for stickers. Thank you so much for doing that. If you want stickers, email us either at skibumpodcast at gmail.com or just go into our dms on instagram and message us there and we will get them out we're also on pinterest as mario said we are on youtube if you could please rate and subscribe to the podcast spotify stitcher itunes those are the big three we uh showed on our instagram our little recap the spotify wrapper they put out last week which was really cool because there was a lot of good information on there our numbers are increasing big time on Spotify month to month, which is Everybody awesome. Everybody loves Spotify. I, I don't know what it is, but I think I should get on there, huh? Yeah. So thanks everyone for checking it out there. Like I said, if you could rate us and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. That would help us get out to more people to spread I the word, spread the verify, love. I can verify right now that we are on currently on Pinterest. Boom. Look at that. We are currently on Pinterest for all you pin and fools out there. Pinning sons of bitches out there. Yes. And like we said, if you want to send us a message, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Also, it is right before Christmas and maybe before Hanukkah. I'm not sure. If you want to oh, get think, you, did Hanukkah start? I don't know. I haven't been up on uh haven't been up on Hanukkah this year. I missed this season. I would look it up, but I really don't know how to spell it. It's uh, a lot of some use. All right, still, you still have time to shop for Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We have some cool swag there, hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts. People have been ordering. We still have a few more left. We can get it out to you before your holiday, but get on there soon. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. And a big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Quickie Wax. They've been around for a few months. They are fantastic. They are a proud sponsor of our podcast. They are a local, small, Colorado-based company. Check it out. QuickieWax, Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. QuickieWax has four different temperatures of wax. So you can get exactly what you need for when you are skiing or boarding. So wax on, wax off. Thank you so much, QuickieWax. Check them out, QuickieWax.com. All right, with that, it's time for Opray Today. So the Opray Today, um, I think, Ron, I I texted you, I, I, I think I sent you a picture on Thanksgiving. I was like, hey, look what I found. And I left it in the fridge just waiting for uh, 
break in case of emergency kind of moment. And today I was like, you know what? I was dragging ass. I was like, I need a little zip. And I need so to it was that emergency. The, it was a little emergency moment. So I broke glass. It was an emergency. I actually have a second one of these different, different version, which that'll come out later in some other podcasts. I'm going to let it ferment in the fridge. But uh, I'm coming out strong with a little four loco. Four, four loco fruit punch. Four loco with the 12 loco percent alcohol. Jesus. Uh, and this is the delicious fruit punch version. So is that barrel aged, that four loco? I believe it is. It's, it's can port, aged. Port casks? Port casks. What about if they barreled that, like uh, <laughs> aged it in rum barrels? So what I love is on the back of the can. So you see this, Brian? They have alcohol facts, ABV, usually on most things. This one has alcohol facts. So I don't know. Is As this like alcohol fictions. In 1899. Gerald no. Four Loco the first established this company. <laughs> his ship came across from Portugal. That's right. It's fruit punch flavored. So when I first cracked the can, it was fresh. And I drank a little. And then I waited because, you know, they give you a lot, uh, a big bang for your buck. Now, I don't, I don't remember how much I paid for this. I guarantee it wasn't more than like six bucks. Um, and this is a nice. For one can? Yeah. Well, this is an average 32 ounce can, I believe. <laughs> so it's kind of a big gulp. It's 12% alcohol. So drinking it, it's got a nice fruity fruit punch flavor. It's a little bit like when I first cracked it, I was like, it brought back sensations of Nitrin and Mad Dog. I think more so Mad Dog, the nice fruitiness, the playful alcohol in there. And then when it sits a little bit, it gets a little like a little more crunk, <laughs> nasty alcohol, like gasolines in there. It's making you little... say like, hey, man, that guy's looking at you funny. Why don't, right. go, why don't you go fuck him up? <laughs> this will make you fight somebody. This yeah, is, I'm going to go fuck him up. Thanks for a loco. Between this and Malort, you're not going to have any fucking friends. Let's put it that way. I am going back to our trip to Boston. So we were up there. We made multiple stops at the good old Trillium Brewery. God, and yeah. I was in my fridge and I realized I still had one of my favorite beers that I got while up there. And that was the dialed up triple IPA with mosaic and Riesling juice. Damn. Yes. It's beer so is made Riesling with wine. juice the same as Four Loco Fruit Punch? Pretty sure it's not. I'm not a brewer by trade, but I'm going to go with no. I'm trying to think of how this is very similar to what you're drinking. Does it have a WeID sticker on the can? <laughs> I don't think we could have two further apart beverages at this Damn point. Damn it. <laughs> Does it have alcohol facts? Uh, not a single goddamn fact. <laughs> Only fact is that this beer is delicious and very boozy, but you wouldn't know it. So it's clocking in at 11%, not far wow. off your Four loco there. That's actually very similar to the Four loco. Probably tastes a lot better, though. This is a very smooth beer. So this beer is actually really flavorful. Again, it's a triple IPA. It's got a lot of a lot of creaminess to it, a lot of uh, thickness. Damn. But it's just really, really tasty and very smooth, not bitter at all. We all make choices in this world, and you chose that beverage. So you have, to, you have to live with it. 
we got a couple stories here in the old app rate today. We haven't had many recently. We had some backing up and these are some good ones. And I particularly like that first Constellation Brands selling Ballast Point proves what beer aficionados already knew. We talked about this story a couple years ago when it actually broke. Again, this was four years ago. Constellation Brands bought Ballast Point for $1 billion. With a B. Billion dollars. With a goddamn B. And they just sold it this past week for $17 million. With Isn't that M. crazy? Well... When it when they came out saying they were getting a billion for it in the first place, everyone was like, mm, that seems like you're spending way too much money. Imagine it this way. Imagine going to a car dealership and going, I want a stripped down Honda Civic. They will say, okay, here's one. It's $17,000. And you go, okay, I'll take it. I'll give you a million dollars for this Honda Civic. Mm. That's pretty much the number of zeros you're cutting off from them selling this from a billion to 17 million. That's ridiculous. And this article from the Motley Fool is so funny. They're like, well, you know, it was a good move for them by like cutting bait as soon as they could. Yeah. I listened to Motley Fool podcast and this week they just trashed it. They were like, consolation brands. <laughs> like, Dude, you, you got to wonder, you got to wonder how many million. other... Yeah, you got to wonder how many other bad acquisitions they made. Like, what else is toxic in their portfolio? Because they just took a bath on this goddamn thing. Like, imagine if the damn. next financial crisis was because people were investing in funds that were backed by bad beer purchases. Oh, you know why they devalued? I'm telling you, they were worth a billion dollars because I would, every chance I got to buy, I mentioned on the podcast, the um, pineapple sculpin. I would buy it every time. And then they stopped when they got bought. And you know what? You know why this went sour? No more pineapple sculpting. I'm pissed oh, off. Oh, they got rid of it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I thought they just started adding like every single possible flavor of sculpting there was. Except for pineapple. Pineapple really? was a big seller because I would buy it every time. The grapefruit was really good. That's, that was, they, they still have that. that, that that's like the big it. one. But you know what? After this sale happened, I was like, yep, yeah, you know what? I'm like, screw Ballast Point. I'm not buying their beer anymore. Yeah. Well, I guess there was like, there was a big grab for other breweries. So they actually say in this article, uh, Boston Beer, which is Sam Adams, they took over Dogfish Head for $300 million. Mm-hmm. New Belgium uh, sold out to Japan Kirin, which I thought had uh, distribution along with Budweiser for about 350 to $400 million. That's a lot of money for some of these. Like, And I think, I think New Belgium too was employee owned before. Yeah. Like it's... Now they're owned by Karen, like a foreign. And then InBev um, decided, hey, let's let's buy somebody, which they hadn't done in a while. And they said they bought Red Hook, Widmer, and Kona, uh, which is Craft Brew Alliance. So Kona Brewing, that's why you see Kona everywhere now, which I love the longboard. Oh, that's true. You do it. see it everywhere now. It used to be oh, like yeah. only like on the West Coast in Hawaii. You know what? That's You don't realize it, but that's why all of a sudden you see beers like Hey, you know what? They're carrying Kona now. Like they used to never carry Kona. And if they did, they'd carry the longboard. Now they have the longboard and you see the other one. It's the big wave they carry, which is like they're, I think the Pilsner or something. And then a lot of times you'll see another and it's like, it's the distribution, you know? Yep, exactly. Uh, Dogfish Head 
Uh, they're not making 120. They still have the 120 on the, the stage release, which I saw you, it at the liquor store last week. Did you? Yep. Were you able to only buy one? I didn't even bother. I still have like three bottles in my fridge. See? You like kind of over it. Kind of, I kind of moved on. You know, I'm getting trilliums. I'm getting other halves. <laughs> I'm just, I've just moved on. That's a dogfish, and I see you a trillium. It's not you, dogfish. It's me. I, that, that's it. And now I get a sip of sunshine and Trumpy at 120. How do you like that? That's the thing. You get so many really good different beers now. Why do I need to get this big brand that's sold out and change their ingredients? Dude, I got a fruit punch for Loco. I don't need anything right now. Four Loco is keeping it independent. Mm-mm. I think that's more because nobody would want to buy Four Loco. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think uh, Publix makes a Four Loco uh, cream pie. Mm. So that'd be good. Yummy. For- the holidays, you bring that over for a local pie. Yummy. Mm, just gelatin and for loco in, <laughs> in a crust. That's all you got to do. I may try to do that, actually. All right, next up. We have, there's an official study done that tapping your beer does not make it, does not stop it from bubbling over. Now, I don't mean to be sexist, but... Uh, most people that have done this are ladies that I've been out with and they're like tapping on the top of the beer saying, oh no, this stops it from blowing up. And then it still blows up on them. And I laugh and I'm like, that's ridiculous. But for some reason they think it does work. So research is in Denmark because Denmark has nothing else to do. Uh, they actually did a whole study on this. Well, cause they're and, always in the top three happiest countries. So, you know, all their problems yeah. are taken care of. Now they're looking at this. Exactly. They're happy. They're like, hey, let's see why this works. And they're like, they figured out. They did a randomized test. University of Southern Denmark. South Said. Um, using 11-ounce cans of beer. Placed into four groups. Unshaken, untapped. Unshaken, tapped. Shaken, untapped. Shaken, tapped. And the beers were shaken for two minutes, the ones that were shaken, using a machine. That was set to stim- simulate the effect of riding a bicycle for 10 minutes, which is a popular Danish method of transporting beer. <laughs> Another reason they're a fantastic country. Um, so they were hit three times on the side and opened roughly a minute with the teams weigh- uh, weighing them before and after opening to find the mass and assess the level of beer loss. So they really did a kind of... So they found no evidence to support the hypothesized beer-saving effect of tapping. It was a bunch of bullshit. Mm. So, like, just open the damn beer. Open it. And you know, it. I occasionally will tap a beer, but I have no idea why. I just It's just one of those things you when you're, like, 21, you see someone else do it, and you're like, you know what? I should do this, too. Exactly. You think it's, like, some mystical thing passed down from, like, the elders. Like, this is what what you do to... Make a good beer. I don't know. It does nothing. And then we got one more quick story here. It is the holiday season. This is an article from NBC News, the better section, and they have some lower alcohol ideas to help you get through the season. Because I like this because you know you have a little party or something like that. You don't need a hammer. Because apparently binge drinking is big this time of year. So they give you a couple tips here. Big one is start with a number in mind. That's a drink before loco. Two drinks, three. 
they said to pace yourself with non-alcoholic drinks, which is kind of the professional's move, you know, have some water, seltz or something between your drinks, kind of evens you out. And they have a couple of cool recipes here too, lower alcohol cocktails. Grey Goose Martini, I think it's like one shot of vodka and a little bit of vermouth instead of like three shots of vodka, how they would usually make it. See, that's the one shot martini that's not poured usually. Yeah, like request that. Yeah. It packs less punch. So they're saying they're using vermouth. And also look for wines. There's some lower alcohol wines, like a Riesling, like my delicious beer has. Hmm. It's usually under 12%. Uh, and then you can combine it too and do in like a, like a glue vine or a sangria. And they also say spike seltzers because they are also low alcohol, usually four to five percent. But there are some that are fourteen percent. Hmm. Was that four, was there a four loco seltzer? Because everybody's got to have a seltzer now. Now you have an original four loco still chilling in your fridge. Still do nine Idiot. years old. It has not eaten through the can as of this morning. Oh, you gotta you gotta like auction that off. I think for the two hundredth episode, I'll break it out because we're at one ninety one. Would you be allowed to auction it off at like Christie's or something like that? I don't know how I would even get it there. I would need to get one of those like a like a special armored a special car. convoy, yeah, armored car, <laughs> like when they transport like nuclear weapons, <laughs> closing the highway off like two miles in each direction. Little police guy, little. So those are some tips for you for some lower alcohol beverages this season. Always great for apres too, something a little bit lighter. Not a bad mm. move. So yeah, I got, tell you, I, I used to try just eating a lot and that helps fill me up. So I don't want to drink anything. That's a good move too. You'll be yeah. like 60 pounds heavier after Christmas, but you know, I gotta do say, what you gotta you do. some really good food though. So it's like easy to fill up. You're just like, you just chow, have a little water and just like chow. And then boom, you go to drink. You're like, yeah, I really don't, you know, I'll have a little sip of one. I mean, you're full as hell. So I think the worst me. time I did that was we did, um, I think it was like Fogo de Chow or one of those like Brazilian barbecue places. Oh yeah. It was like all you can eat, like a Rodizio. We (laughs) ate so much freaking meat. And then we did an Irish car bomb. And it was like, you know, it was like, there was only a couple little small gaps of air in the stomach (laughs) and the car bomb just found him all. It was like cement filling in the meat cracks. It was just, I just was like, I have to lay down. It's like, we're at a bar. I don't care. I'm laying down. Okay, I'm laying. You got to lay on care. something cold, like yeah. a slab of some sort, like Please. a slab of, outside in the middle of the winter on a slab of like concrete. It, did, it didn't matter. It had to be you done. Did. That's right. Is he dead? No, he's just full. That's right. You know, the some process. people say they're full. No, he's completely full. Like he found a way to just fill in all the cracks. It was that or wind sprints and vomit. I mean, those were the only two options. <laughs> Nothing else was on the table. They should do that before every Olympic event. Rodizio <laughs> and then Olympics. That would be the Rodiz Olympics or something like that. Yeah. Just be part of decathlon, like the eating decathlon. You have to eat like a certain percentage of your body weight in meat before the competition. <laughs> you know how in um, like the UFC and boxing, they have to do the weigh-in before? Yeah. This would be the same, but with the meat they're going to eat before. They have to weigh in. Check their oh, weight and eat the same meat. Eat same the meat percentage. Meat. Yeah, I like that. And then prepare. Then your event is like like twenty minutes later. Imagine the hundred meter dash right after Rodizio. Oh my god! <laughs> or like the or like the four hundred hurdles. 
Oh, <laughs> just like jump oh, in the car. That could just be so bad. Like <laughs> that would be the perfect event, the hurdles. <laughs> oh my god. You're running or as like... fast as you can and jumping. <laughs> You're just like, oh god. No, what's the other one? The steeple. You ever see the steeple chase? That's... So I've seen the steeple with horses, and then you see it. Like I never realized it was an actual event until I'm in college. And like one of my buddies is like on the track team, he's like, Oh no, you gotta watch. Like, this is the best event. And I'm like, all right, steeple. Isn't there like, water involved too? Yeah, I'm thinking there's horses coming out or something like <laughs> no, it's fucking people jumping over a hurdle with a little water and some trees around. It's a little wacky, but it's like an official event. And I think it's an Olympic event. Or the high jump. Or no pole vault. You're the high the- jump. Imagine like, you're, totally you're, doing the, you're doing the pole vault to get to run as fast as you can, lay that thing down, go over the bar, and then land hard. Imagine your stomach after Rodizio, like coming down from 15, oh. 18 feet. <laughs> How about like, the high like, jump? Actually high. Just like vomit. Like <laughs> Oh, no. High jump actually high. You'd be like the just high. blazing and just like people would just not do it they would just, just like, hot box them and, and then they go out and like everybody's been hot boxed for the same amount of time until they do their jump this would be a great like three-day weekend event have like a, a meat <laughs> olympics day. then like they a would weed. shut this down in like a happy <laughs> like a meat and like, weed olympic weekend dude that would get shut down in like two hours but it would be the best like viewership of all the olympic events even curling. Why why are you not smoking weed while oh, curling? Dude, everyone's high curling. It should be like pumping in. It should pump into the stadium. Oh, dude. Imagine the um the curl the curling stone is actually just like those of volcano vaporizers. It's just, oh. it's just puff it out, smoke. Puff it out, bro. Just puff puff. So the person who like pushes it and like just like smelling behind it, there's like following it down. Anytime you're ready, you can fire the stone. <laughs> Anytime you're ready, like hiding, you're like just all sitting paranoid. there, just shaking it all in, like ah, they're like all paranoid and shit. Like I can't, I can't touch a stone. That thing's gonna kill me. What if the stone's too heavy? Uh, Speaking of Gonjula and freaking out, let's get into the Genjula. There is one quick story we do have here, and Mario, this is right in your backyard. All right, so this is my backyard because I heard about this the other day going to hockey practice. I'm hearing that Pinellas County in Florida, in the Tampa Bay area, which is the county I live in, uh, just officially approved medical marijuana to be distributed to kids that have a medical marijuana license in school. So the big thing is, everybody knows, like there's this no tolerance policy in schools, right? So they actually said, and I guess, you know, rightly so, is proposed to them that if a kid has a medical marijuana card and is like, you know, there's there's great benefit effects like, you know, seizures and stuff like that. It stops with. So why wouldn't they be allowed to administer medical marijuana in school if that's part of their their treatment? So I guess this went back and forth. Pinellas County decided Tuesday to formally approve the policy. Um, and they said it's not allowed to be transported or administered on the bus, but a caregiver can come to the school and give it to the student in a secure place. So the big thing of this is this sets a precedence that all school districts in the Tampa Bay area are now working really hard to pass a medical marijuana policy because they are realizing they're out of compliance with the state law. So I think it's great because you know what? It's 
all these organizations are like, ah, oh, no, we didn't have to deal with it. We didn't have to deal with it. You know what? Yes, you have to deal with it. Like you have to make this part of our normal society because marijuana isn't the devil. It isn't going to kill anybody. And you know what? This is something being used to treat, especially kids that are having seizures and like really bad shit, pain management. So why wouldn't they have that during their school day? Like preventing them from having that is just not making their lives better. So you know, make accommodations for it. So I think it's just good. And I think every state in the country should be looking at this because once this happens, I think it's going to be a charge to every state that has medical marijuana legal to make accommodations in the schools. I wonder if it's going to be like a whole new career for people being like child cannabis administrators in these schools child dealers i'd be a child dealer come on come on kid take this coming all right see you later man one for you two for me that's right that's right now but i think it's great you know i mean especially kids are really bad i mean it's been proven to help with a bunch of ailments so why wouldn't you allow it in the school and I understand that schools have these policies that are like zero tolerance. We yeah, see all those like, at least, I mean, I don't know how it is in other states, but in Jersey, they have those drug-free school zones. So if yep. you're within one of those, it pretty much like doubles your fines. Yeah. But it's actually recognizing the fact that it's not an illegal drug. It's a legal drug medically. So allow it to be administered legally in the school. Right now, I think it's still demonized to say, no, this is an illegal drug. You're not allowed to even have it in the school. Well, yeah, it's so it's the perception of it is so goofy. It's like yeah, yeah, but it's really it's really the school doing it so they can, you know, kind of cover their asses for anything. That's why they, you know, I remember like as a kid, you can go and get like an aspirin or you know, well, antacid like or something. You can't to get, carry an aspirin in school. You can't now. get anything. Yeah, you can't have goddamn peanut butter because you know this kid next to you could be allergic and die as you're eating your sandwich. Peanut butter. Have your peanut butter and weed sandwich. Yeah, but I think it's good. Hopefully this spreads throughout the country for people to actually start accepting it in areas where they still don't accept the fact that even it's legal medically, um, we we need to start thinking about that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is cool and we'll, it'll be interesting to see how this progresses. And with that, let's go to Ski News. The big news last week that we reported on, obviously because we were there, was the big snow opening at American Dream, the first North American indoor ski resort, and we had a great time. So thanks first to all those ever. folks North for America hosting Brian? us. Yes, Not the first, the, the first ones uh, open North America. They were great hosts. We had a great time. So thank you so much for inviting us. We had a blast. We uh, we obviously posted a billion pictures of Lindsay Vaughn because she was there and we got to bother her for a couple of pictures, which was cool. So, Brian, uh, did you see the I, I think I sent you or on my Facebook page, I, I put the picture of me and Lindsay. Yes. As my profile picture, right? Funny which, of hell. course, your girlfriend was so happy about. Oh, actually, she she laughed. Right. But one of my mom's friends now, my mom laughed to you inside. Yeah. <laughs> So my mom's 80. Her friend is probably like almost 90 and she's on Facebook and she's on Facebook. She's like a creeper. Anything you post like, boom. Oh, I love this. I love that. Right. So I post the picture with me and Lindsay and she's like, oh, great. You guys look so happy together. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) 
I'm like, I think she thought Lindsay Vaughn was my girlfriend. <laughs> and you know what? Don't it's so precious and cute. Don't pop that bubble for her. That could be the one that takes her out. <laughs> I just love it. It's so cute because I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, I just said thanks. And that's all I, <laughs> I was like, whatever, man. I love it. Yeah, because imagine having to go into that explanation like, oh, no, it was up and I was skiing indoors and she's actually an Olympian. And like, I could just so see wait. her head. Like, I could see like having the, a stroke. Wait, you were skiing indoors? And I'm like, now I can explain that. Yeah, she just have a stroke and it would be bad. So it's exactly. a good thing you didn't bother with that. And just said just thanks. Thank and you. Moved on. That's it. It's, it's all right to not explain. Just say thank you. Exactly. It's okay. So our first big story this week is that Noah... Winter Storm Watch for the Tetons, Grand Targhee, and Jackson Hole will be getting up to two feet of snow. God damn. We are recording this Thursday, and they said pretty much Thursday through Friday into Saturday, they are looking to get about two feet of snow. They've Target actually been... Every year. Damn. They've been... I, I'm not sure if they caught the rest of that storm that Utah got last time. I think it was a little bit south of of Jackson, but this one, they're, they're finally getting some, some big time snow there, which is perfect timing for them because they just opened the, the week before Thanksgiving. So, so what they had two years ago, they had to close the resort because of too much snow and it caused the power lines to go. Right. And last well, yeah, year, it was the got, power outages, what did it? It wasn't the, the snow itself. Yeah. The power outage just took out the whole area. Yeah, I think that was because of, of the excessive snow. And then last year they got pounded. So they're just getting, they're in this sweet spot. of just getting pounded with snow. That's why it's the Mecca of skiing there. Mm, goddamn good. Tommy Mo, Our boy, Tommy Mo, Shout out. Tommy Mo. All right, next up. You want to take this one, Brian? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Four Colorado ski areas on the hashtag van life bandwagon. We've talked about it in the past. I have a huge love for van life. Granted, I don't think I could do it all year long. Mm. I think having like maybe like chunks of a couple week van life would be a lot. One of fun. month of van life would be enough for probably two years for me. I did an RV trip. I enjoyed it over a long weekend, and that was with too many people and a dog. So I think I would be down with the van life because so I long know weekend. We're talking how many days? Four days. Four days. But that was with five other people and a dog. All right. So if you did it with you and your family, you last in a week, no problem. Now I'm doing it with a baller van too. I'm not going to have some like ghetto, like 83, like freaking GMC Savannah or something. I'm, I'm going to have this the Deep Spicoli van with a bunch of four locos in it and a bunch of weed. I'm having, I'm having the sweet. <laughs> like a 2020 sprinter with the like pop-up part and Damn. like granite countertops and granite counter. What does it matter what, what the countertops are made of? This was, ex a it's extremely important. If I'm if the countertop is made out of like regular countertop material versus what if I'm granite. making foie gras? What Who if I, shit? I give a shit? What if I'm pounding out chicken breasts? I want something Aren't I you pounding out pound. on a cutting board. Well, Yes, but what's the cutting board on? If it was on styrofoam, ah. it would just completely be destroyed. You want something that's hard enough to withstand your pounding. <laughs> I, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I serve that up there. Here? I serve that up for you. I know. What are we talking about here? I need a surface that can take a pounding. And granite, Damn. 
can take a pounding. Ah, oh, so it's that kind of van. <laughs> it's that isn't every van that kind of van? Let's be honest. So you have the so you're saying you have the airbrush like wings on the outside. Just, just like some sort of like, like a wizard like like skiing down a magical mountain. You got the snow wizard on the outside and Uller on there. I, I get oh, you where you Speaking of magic and dragons and romance, <laughs> did you watch the last Rick and Morty? I did not. Is this a new season? Yeah, the new season. I'm not on new season yet. I'm still uh, Rick and Morty 2.0. There's, I a, there's 2.0. a whole episode with like Morty getting a dragon and him and Rick <laughs> actually get it all. It's you have to watch it. It's <laughs> it's hard to describe because it is so bizarre, but it's so freaking funny. So the fucked up part is I have to watch that like by myself. Like I gotta like it's like watching porn. Like I gotta watch it by myself because nobody else gets it. They're like, what the fuck are you watching? You know? Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing. It is probably the weirdest show ever made. But I never thought I'd have to watch like a even Family Guy right now. Dude, it's got it's there. The twelve year old in the house, it's kind of like, all right, I think you're he's like, ready oh, for cool. Family Guy cartoon, and you're like, yeah. Uh, well, he was watching Bad Santa two yesterday, and I'm like, Bad Santa two. Wait a minute, there's a whole lot of adult shit going on in there. I said. I think we're watching. I told I told Melanie. I'm like we're watching freaking Family Guy, Rick and Morty. There's a whole bunch of like, like South Park. Like they've never yeah. seen South Park. Like come on. I, I remember. Know. Yeah, I remember when, that, when South Park first came out, and like you know, like 13 year old kids are wearing like you know, oh my god, you killed Kenny T-shirts, you know, and yeah, they probably didn't get. It. Well, I mean, South Park's evolved and changed too, but it's uh, you know. It's yeah. it, this is the Rick and Morty is it's just like the generations like the next generation of of that type of humor. Mm. But anyway, back to vans. That's what we're talking about here. Vans this is from time. Ski Magazine. There are four Colorado ski areas that are pro. Well, not saying they're pro van, but they're also not anti van. Van it's friendly. Like, van friendly. They're van curious. Hashtag van curious. Oh, let me ask you: If you have a van. Are you growing the full on beard? Like the boom beard, like the dude beard or what? Of course. Like again, my van is going to have a little, like an awning. It's going to have like the little barbecue grill attachment. It's Damn. like, I'm not getting gonna have a tag along like thing to the van. I'm having a friggin' generator. Having a tag along like, camper to the van. Not a bad idea. So we got four ski areas that are van curious. Number one, uh, Silverton. Now, Silverton, if you didn't know that is, that's just north of Telluride. We haven't skied it, but it's one of those magical places that you always hear about. And their whole their premise is they have one lift and it's just cats. So this is outside of Telluride. So you it's, kind of, Telluride. It's, it's north of Telluride. Yeah, you go like 45 minutes. They usually run stuff from Telluride. You go up there, ski your balls off. Everybody says it's great and... I don't believe anybody I went on a trip with that went there. So fuck you guys. That's what I'm saying. Oof, harsh. Yeah, that's the four locos talking. I told you it's like the four locos done a lot of talking so far this episode, hasn't it? God damn, it's like brutal. Yeah. Next up, we got to give them credits. This is Mario no, and Brian don't. and four locos. Uh, Brian's got no part of this four loco here. <laughs> Next up, Wolf Creek. Shout out to our boy Nick. Nick. So they are their pro van there too. Uh, it says there is a crew responsible for handling overnight parking who you want to thank after your epic fresh 
morning of fresh snow. Parking lot attendants can point you in the right direction when you arrive, or if arriving after hours, park in the main lot as close to the lifts as you would like. Aww. Next, sunlight. You know what I thought about today? I got to stop you right there. Do you, do you have Nick to stop today. me right now? I do. I was thinking about Nick today, and you know what I was thinking about? Buford. Buford would love to run around there. He absolutely would. Goddamn love that dog. Next, Sunlight Mountain Resort. So this is a hidden gem of the Aspen Valley, often overlooked. You won't find champagne-soaked celebrities there, but you will find great terrain. And you can park overnight there. And last, but definitely not least, is Loveland Ski Area. Now, the parking policy at Loveland may not officially allow overnight parking, but it also doesn't not allow it either. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like that gray area. The land of so, love, of course they're good with it. It's a beautiful thing. So hit those four up. Hashtag van life at ski bum podcast. If you do it, let us know how it is and send us some pics. Boom. All right. Next up, we have a story by the travel.com. And I love this for some of the stuff they call out. And I also love it for some of the stuff they call out that I want to make fun of. Um, so this is one of those weird websites where they have like 20 blah, blah, blahs for blah, blah, blahs. Right. It's like every single thing. It's like sketchy facts about Norwegian cruise lines. Exactly. And there's no rhyme or reason. Right. Yeah. They're just like kind of whoring themselves out this website. Exactly. So this was uh, 20 things that will get anyone kicked out of a ski resort and speaking of whoring themselves out. Thanks, Melissa K. Uh, <laughs> So they talk about number 20, burying a friend in the snow. Yeah, you, you probably may get kicked out. I don't know, marginally. Uh, pulling a prank on the instructor. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. I got that one. Uh, 18, delivering a package on the way downhill. And they show a dude with like a UPS package and a coat. And they're saying, this probably won't happen more than a handful of times, but it's a silly idea. And I'm like, I don't think it'll happen any times. So maybe it's the friends you hang out with, whatever. Uh, 17, skiing from off-limits spots. That I would think, yes. 16, hanging around, the, hanging around preseason until it snows. No, that's not going to get you kicked. That's not going to get you kicked out. I hate this list. Yeah. 15, stopping for selfies in the middle of a slope. This I totally agree with because this will get you killed. Because if I'm skiing down... Now, why are they showing Asians stopping whoa, for whoa, selfies whoa, in the middle whoa. of the slope? It, well, I so didn't this might choose, be a little racist. I didn't choose the photo. This was the folks at thetravel.com. Yeah, the travel. With the got? racist Asians that are stopping for selfies in the oh. middle of the slope. Oh, I'm going to take a selfie. <laughs> and why do they got to say slope? Uh-oh, why couldn't they say, why couldn't they say trail? Yes, a trail, ski run. The travel.com like going is going full racist on us. Way to go, racist. Good job, uh, 14, making political statements while skiing. All right, make, make, so making America great skiing again is not good. Just saying. Guy with a U.S. flag skiing down. That's not making a political statement. That's just loving your country. He also has no pants on. So, you know, maybe he is making a different kind of statement I there. I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. All right, 13, putting your life in danger. Well, That's a terrible Photoshop to that picture they're showing there. Yeah, and you know what? 
they you won't get kicked out. You'll just do whatever you want to do. Like isn't the whole point of skiing is to kind of challenge yourself and do things that you can't do when you're going to work or commuting or any of that nonsense. You are challenging yourself and you everything you do that's fun puts your life in danger. You're not gonna get kicked out in that situation. You're just gonna get a crowd is all yeah. you're gonna get. Uh, number 12, which totally is stupid. the dumbest thing. I don't even want to talk about this. I'm going to skip over it. Skip it. It's called 11. Skiing with Your Service Duck, and I'm not even going to entertain it. Uh, 11, 11, dumb also. Going off on your own without the group. This is what backcountry is. You got a bunch of bitches you're with. You're like, I'm out. And when I say bitches, I mean men and women, just people that are just little babies. You're like, I just want to get away from you people. I hate you. I just want to ski. Uh, 10, wearing ridiculous costumes. That will not get, get, get you kicked out, as we've seen in Europe. Yeah, this is what they Europe. do. It's awesome. You almost get kicked out if you're not wearing a costume. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's not, it's, it's just awesome. Uh, nine, being too rowdy and annoying others. That's kind of true for everywhere, right? Seriously, it's not exclusive to skiing at all. Yeah. Number eight, taking random rides on the list. This is just dumb. I don't dumb. Know why it's down Picture's here. dumb. Everything's dumb. Yes. Exactly. Uh, seven, leaving your little one unattended. This is called a criminal act. So this is called, yeah, delinquent parents. <laughs> That's, again, also applicable anywhere else. Exactly. Called Dyfus. Uh, six. Now, number maybe- six, I like, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. If you look in this photo, <laughs> that's actually Killington. <laughs> That actually that is that's the umbrella so, bar and superstar number six making off with someone else's skis. This just shouldn't get you kicked out of the resort. This should get you pummeled by everyone in a group after they find out that you stole some skis. Now my father-in-law lost his skis at Killington. Well, I think those are them, dude. There's a picture. His were atomics. <laughs> those are not the atomics that he. Now there's some gray area there because he sort of didn't have them well someone made out made off with them at some point but the yes. problem was he got super high and then left them sitting out so i don't know if yeah. there's like a there's like a window of time like hey man these skis have been here for six days maybe we should just take them yeah like, what's be. that window like what's that timeline that puts them up for grabs well overnight like they got to bring them in because they're probably gonna move shit cat stuff out who knows i don't know but uh, I love the fact that this is a killing time. Um, Number five is kind of dumb. Yeah. Stopping for some sleep in the snow. Number one, what do you care? Unless you're in the middle of a, the freaking run and then you should just get skied on and die. So you're going to hypothermia. Uh, exactly. Uh, pee, number four, peeing in the snow. Really? Everybody does that. Uh, you're not going to pee on the run. That's the thing. Most people who are not idiots will just go off to the side. Not exactly. a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. Just just be a good person. Number three, engaging in a snowball fight. Yeah, maybe that's for little kids, but whatever. Like whoever kids. does that though. But they're little kids. Like you're gonna kick them off. You're gonna be like, ah, you're little kids. Whatever. Yeah. Stop it. Uh number two, skiing post sipping. So this asshole that wrote this article never did operate in Europe or any place where they had an operate place on the middle of the mountain. In this place. Of course, look at the guy's cup. It's Deer Valley. Yes. So go fuck yourself with this picture and this article. Um, You always ski post-sipping because you're usually at a baller-ass place having a great sexy party in the middle of the mountain is if you're operating the correct way. 
in your uh, well then i guess technically it's not opera because you're still skiing after right hey they do opera in europe the way they do it and you don't change it they invented opera and that means you're skiing after you sip but it's not even opera though it's just it's just skiing it's still skiing but it's not opera skiing because you're still skiing exactly think about that can't change it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> number one, cutting ahead in line. Now, this is um, Mount Snow. Is there shown? That looks like Whistler, actually. Whistler? Really? Whistler or Vail? Huh. Some sort of Vail resort. So they're saying never, you know, cut in line. That can get you kicked out. Um, yeah, you get kicked out, but... Sometimes it works and sometimes it just pisses a lot of people off. I guess it depends on the situation. Yeah, now, I was in. Don't cut in line. Come on, man. You're better than that. What are you well, like? It's funny. It depends on the uh, culture, too. Like, I was in Italy and there was little kids walking through, like walking on people's skis, cutting everybody off. And you know what they did? They got on the lift and they were like, ah, we're out. So, uh, unless you can control it, like. But anyway, I don't know why we went through that article because it kind of sucked. Yeah, that was a bad article. Next up, how to build a backyard rope toe. This is from the folks at Vermont Ski and Ride. And it's a pretty cool article. And it talks about how um, kind of the history of the rope toe and how to make your own at home. And apparently the original one was in Gilbert's Hill in Woodstock. It was the home of the U.S.'s first mechanized lift. It was an 1,100-foot-long rope tow powered originally by a Model T engine. And it looks like the one they're talking about here, they are using a lawnmower. And I guess they're they're running the tow. Uh, you run the mower, and with the mower running, it powers the, to- the rope tow. Which is pretty cool. More, that's good. Mopac. Yeah, they said their total expenses were less than three hundred bucks. Damn, that's assuming they had the lawnmower. Well, so lawnmower and somewhere to actually tow you up to that you can ski, right? Yeah, you just need some gnarly hill in your backyard, and you can make it happen. That's not bad. I like that. How cool would that be? Just having your own little. Your own little rope toe at your own little, you know, private ski resort. You get a nice piece of land on your own little, you know, little hill on your own land and just a little rope toe. Yeah. Now they need to have a make your own snow cat. Uh Aha. You get the car thing, you got to swap on the wheels and just cat you up. Get the treads on there. So you can, uh, you can groom out your personal ski run. That's right. Cyber truck with treads. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. Next up, we got Uber launching Uber Ski in 23 U.S. markets. So now we did this, John and I, when we were in Park City. And Brian, you were on that trip, but we took it back when we picked up our skis. So we went out, walked over. It was kind of a hike. Picked up our skis, and we're like, you know, screw it. I'm not walking back. Let's just Uber uber rack and then it was like oh great they just introduced uber skis now this is about we're going back like three years ago it was 2017 yeah yeah so um they had it and it was just in a few markets and i think park city was one of them 
And, uh, you know, they pick you up and they, you book an Uber ski thing and they have a ski rack or whatever. Um, so how does that work? So if you're, if you're using your app and is it just another option? Like they have the X, they have the black and it was just Uber ski was one of the options on there. Yes. And they have like some, some of them have car seat is an option now. So I don't know how they're doing it on the app, but when you booked it, it was the Uber and then there was an Uber ski, which was a little bit more. And then like not much more and then everything else. So I guess the people that were driving registered because they had a ski rack, but what they're doing now in the 23 markets is they're actually having the Uber drivers verify photographically that they have a legitimate ski rack to hold your skis, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's kind of nice. But John and I got into the Uber. We got into the, um, it was a Jeep, uh, one of those little Jeeps, Cherokee. So we got in, had a ski rack, and the skis were standing straight up. We pull into our hotel, and the hotel had a, um, it was underground parking. Oh, that's right. I remember that. And we, the dude pulls in, and the fucking skis just go, <laughs> just scratch all <sighs> over that goddamn thing. I'm like, God damn, what happened? I'm thinking the skis are broken. He's like, oh, no, no, they're good. I'm sitting there looking at them like, yeah, they're not good, but they're not my skis. I got good the, thing. They're rentals. Yeah, they're rentals, and we got the insurance on. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. Spend that four bucks on insurance, right? Ah, uh, but it was, it was funny. So be you know, just be aware where you're going. So you might have a ski rack. Look at the ski rack type and make sure where your hotel is and where you're going can handle the extra, you know, extra height. So. Yeah, they have some, so they have a list here too of the markets that they're going to be in. And we got Anchorage, Boise, Idaho, Boston, Denver, Colorado Springs, and Fort Collins, Colorado. It says the Colorado Rockies. That's kind of general. Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona, Eastern Washington, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. Oh, Shawnee. That's a little further out. So that's kind of like Blue Mountain and. Camelback, maybe even a big boulder. Yeah. Minneapolis, St. Paul, New Hampshire, I guess just the whole state, Portland, Oregon, Portland, Maine, Salt Lake City, Seattle, upstate New York, Vermont, all of Vermont, Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, Pennsylvania, Worcester, Mass, and, and Wyoming, just all of Wyoming. Nice. Well, it makes sense. So like if you're getting in a car, like I've gotten into an Uber with my bag from the airport and I'm like, it's just me and I can get a regular Uber. They put the seat down, put the bag in there and I sit in all good. Uh, if you have four people, you either have a rack or you got to get like some other kind of scenario. You know oh, dude, I mean? Going to the airport, if you're getting a car service, because me and Andrea, when we went out to Colorado oh, yeah, in yeah. February, I'm like, well, what is like the biggest car you have? Like, how do you get yeah. like an expedition for the two of us because of, you know, skis and luggage? Well, most of the sedans now, they have either a seat that folds down or you can just take the front seat and just pop it all the way down and then put the skis in there like a body. Like, yeah, but you need, but how are you going to fit people in there too? Like if you have more than two people, you're kind of right. it's only good for it. two people. Then yeah. you got to get like an XL or or got to get a ski rack or something. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you're in an area like, you know, where you are, obviously there's not going to be Uber ski there. So you have to like request a special car if you didn't want to drive to the airport and wanted to get a car service. Right. I just dropped to a, I drive to the airport like a baller, just whatever, man. Ski rack on in the sunshine. (laughs) Right. Yo, that's right. I know it's 80 degrees, but here you go. That's right. We're going to learn today. I drive around all year with my skis on top. <laughs> I got my That's car a, anywhere I am. Get some stunt skis and put them on there. That's right. All right. That, the one with, with skis on top. That's me. Yeah. All right. And that wraps up the ski news for the week. So rolling into our main topic and we did a, well, before we get into the interview, we actually met this gentleman at the Boston Ski and Snow Expo. And we met him in kind of a funny way. Uh, We had just gotten our beers and I walked over and we were checking out his booth and I don't know how, but somehow I knocked my beer over, which maybe had like... tripped you. It was like a really small person just tripped you. Well, they had that little kid's obstacle course right next to it. So I'm thinking some little guy must have uh, taken me at the knees or something. You dashly kids... But uh, so this guy, uh, Miles, he is the product marketing coordinator for Rollerblade. And what's really cool is that just this past spring, I think it was in April, they launched it. Yeah. Rollerblade came out with a skate to ski training system. And they have this really cool app that they launched. And it has all these different phases you can go through and these training exercises to get you ready for the ski season. So, yeah. So we got there and I knocked my beer over and I was like, Oh, sorry, bro. And we started talking and we talked. I was going to run, dude. I got a full disclosure. I was ready to be like, I'm out of here. I know you were. I was, I was owning, (laughs) I was owning the accident. You were. And luckily I did because we had a great conversation with him. We uh, were able to connect, have a great interview, and talk about the Skate to Ski program. Maybe a little late to get ready for this ski season, but if you want to do something when you're not skiing or you want to start thinking about getting ready for next off-season... Not late if you live in a warm climate or if you haven't, if you want to get extra time and you can. Very true. It's it's actually really, really cool. They did a really great job with the app. It's so worth checking out. Uh, go to rollerblade.com to get more info. And I hope you enjoy our interview with Miles Cotter Sparrow, product marketing coordinator with Rollerblade. We have another very special guest interview this week. We met this gentleman at the Boston Ski and Snow Expo. Oh, did and, we meet him? What an and intro. I, of course, used my <laughs> the same line I would use at a bar when I was single, just knock over a beer and uh, get Oof. their entire... You know, if it's a girl, spill it on her phone, or on her purse, because at least then you have her attention. <laughs> Same thing I did. I want to welcome from Rollerblade, Miles Cotter Sparrow. He is the product marketing coordinator. Miles, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, knocking a beer on the table and starting a conversation. Thanks <laughs> for being cool breaker, about it. Right? <laughs> I was like, how I, we do a corporate speech. We're going to have to be like the best icebreaker. Just spill a beer on a, on a table. Anybody you want to do business with, spill a beer near that. That's right. Anybody like you want to work with, any friend you want in life. I had a friend who said when he would go, when they would be interviewing someone for a job, they were they were marketing guys. They would take him out to lunch and they would specifically tell the waitress ahead of time to like mess something up. 
and they would see how he reacted and how he treated the waitress. And that was like oh, a deal breaker for them uh, for the job. Wow. Like, I thought it was pretty slick. Yeah, that's a good way to see someone's character, you know? Exactly. And, and, yeah, it's, it's like, enjoy your lunch because you're not getting hired. <laughs> yeah. We're covering <laughs> we, this one. It's the last one, though. Well, that's you tested me because, uh, you know... <laughs> Was he going to well, freak out and kill Brian or was he going to be cool and talk to us? And you were cool I was on my skates, us. man. I could have rolled you right out of the building. That's you could right. have. And I could tell you initially you were not happy, which I totally get. But luckily, you know, we did start chatting. And, you know, I'm an old school rollerblade guy. You're obviously an old school rollerblade guy. And we were able to talk about, you know, some some of rollerblades history which i guess was kind of a way to to mend Brian pulled up a pavel burry hockey card with rollerblades on i was like oh my god you have that on your phone <laughs> listen man you have everything on your phone right now all right <laughs> but yes that oh, was no, you uh, had it saved in your photos that's why well, well that was like that was like the first wave the first initial wave of the the golden age of rollerblade was that like 1991 to era around there when it first got really big. And that picture was actually such a cool card because that was like Pavel Bure's like first, because he had the Russian card where he was like wearing the Russian Jersey. And that was like his first Vancouver Canucks card, but it wasn't like him in a Canucks Jersey. It was him wearing rollerblades with his giant freaking thighs on like a, a pier on like California. It was iconic. It was like, it was a victory. Porn. It's like thigh porn for Brian. Listen, if you're a skier, if you're a hockey player, you respect giant thighs. That's just how it is. True. Right? It's true. So that's how it all started. So, Miles, we've been just yammering. You're just sitting there like, Jesus, do I even get to talk on this? Um, so let us know, like, what is it you actually do at Rollerblade <laughs> as the product marketing coordinator? Besides skate around a lot. Uh, one of the – I always on skates as much as possible – uh, I've been working a lot with our skate to ski program, uh, going around to ski events like the Boston ski show where we met and, uh, promoting the new app we did. So we, we built an app around, uh, USSA's skills quest and we adapted all the skills that they try to do on, or they don't try to do, they do on snow to make themselves better at edging or rotation or whatever different skill they need. Each skills quest skill is built around those needs and we adapted them for, inline skates. And, uh, so that's what I do. One of the main, main things I do is, is communicate about that and get to travel and meet cool people like you. If you decide to spill beer on my table, that's, that's the opening line. That's how you get his attention. So now is this the first year for the, the skate to ski app? So yeah, like the app went live in, in the spring. Um, and then we had been working on this program for three years, uh, it's kind of a revitalization of an old thing. So you're talking about like those early days of skating where you've got, you know, hockey skaters in short shorts showing their thighs off with skates. Spandex usually, preferably. Mandex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. Like, uh, you know, back then athletes on the U.S. ski team, they use skates as a, as a legitimate training tool. I mean, it, it's a workout. You know it. You skate yourself. It's like, it's no joke. You go skate for an hour and you might as well run like something that's going to give you a similar sort of benefit. So like the skate, the ski world is, is more uh, built around a, like a parking lot. You don't need a lot of space and you get out and you just like work those fine motor skill muscles that are needed for skiing, you know, lateral movements, um, you know, your timing. I actually, had a, 
actually had a friend way back in college that was on a, he transferred from another college that was on a ski team there. And they used to do rollerblades on like, you know, little hills uh, in the summer with the, with the team. It was it born out of something like that. Cause we're talking, that was like a long, long time ago. And I don't think it was anything really, it was just a bunch of guys that got together and were like, Hey, this seems like a good idea. Let's do it. But they didn't really formalize uh, anything with that. Well, like early skating came from hockey, right? Yeah. And then so uh, Olson there, he created the blade and like marketed rollerblade the brand, and 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 it just blew up, especially like within hockey skaters. And because you don't have to convince a skater to skate, they already skate. They're like, oh wait, I can skate anywhere, and it doesn't matter whether it's cold or not. Like I just go roll around. <laughs> yeah. So then like that started to happen in the ski world, like in the mid mid eighties. You know, people were like, oh wait, this feels like skiing. Like okay. Uh, let's start doing it downhill. So I, th- I think it's kind of like a very like organic origin. And then it, it got adopted by the USG team. I mean, people like Doug Lewis or that's um, cool. Tamara McKinney, or, I mean, you think of like lots of, of those eighties, early nineties Olympians. I mean, they were on skates. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And one thing about it is, I mean, Here's you know, app. We, we love skiing. There it is. There's the app. We love skiing. And, you know, I, I've played roller hockey for a good part of my life and I just, I haven't played in like a year or two. That's, that's about on me. That's nothing to do with the skates or anything else, but don't blame uh, the baby. That's you. You know what it is? Like, it's one of those things, like you mentioned running and cycling and we all have to do that to try to, you know, maintain and stay in shape. But, you know, biking, you know, it requires a serious investment if you're going to be taking it seriously you know you guys spend a, a decent amount of coin i mean we have a friend who's got what, like a five thousand dollar frame yeah like you don't have to go yeah. that lunatic you know but th- you have to spend a good chunk of change for a good bike running I feel like the cost of a bike represents the kind of car you have because like does your bike cost more than your car like <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah th- mine's close <laughs> is that there's some sort of is there some sort of ratio or number in there it's like uh mario's number where it's like how closer you are to, to like the higher the number <laughs> The cost of the bike divided by the cost of the car. It's like how hardcore of a cyclist you are. You got to do some formula. Like if you have a, a real, you know, powder puff bike, that's, that's no good either. Well, the best Cause is I've like, seen fat guys riding like a, a you know, a $10,000 bike. I'm like, you can't ride. You still can't ride, dude. You know, it's just cause you can afford it. I mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I love the guy with the $10,000 bike, throwing it in the back of like a 99 Subaru. That's See, I did it. About. Yeah, I love that guy. Like, I want to hang out with that guy. I don't want to hang out with the guy with the twenty thousand dollar bike and the Land Rover. I want the guy with the expensive bike and the cheap old Subaru. That's dude. My I guy. did the uh, Revolutionary Ramble in, in Morristown, and every year, I think I did it three years in a row. Every year, there was a guy that had a Ferrari with a bike rack, and he would put his bike on it and and roll out in that. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you have a Ferrari? Like, you could afford any other car? Like, it's the most impractical car to have for that. Or you can get a Porsche and an SUV and have an SUV for your bike. Exactly. You know, that, you could drop it down a level. But no, he was rolling. I guess he only had one car, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you have to pick one. <laughs> get the do-it-all Ferrari. The, the do-it-all Ferrari. Knife of cars, really. So are there any rollerblades that are, like, go for I 10 was, grand? Listen, I was, I was going somewhere with <laughs> Yeah, them. they're dipped in gold. Are they sold by Foil, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Ski Company? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard of that. Oh, that was one of our favorite stories of like, I think it was 2016. It came out. Arnold Schwarzenegger is part of a company called foil skis, F O I L. 
their skis are fifty thousand dollars and have like eighteen karat gold bindings. They're, I'm gonna pull it up. See if I can share my screen. You, it's something you just Holy have. Shit. It's something you have Crazy. to know exists to understand okay. how the world works. And yeah. and another thing that happened last year was Louis Vuitton made a pair of skis, and I think they were like. But how do they ski? What's what's the what's the what's the, what's the meat of it? I don't know. Like that's the problem. Like you don't see like Free Ski or Magazine taking them out for a uh, a trial run. It's like some dude in like Stad. He's like, oh yes, I'm just picking these up for the weekend. I feel like it should be made from a tree that like someone's picking like branches off as it grows over the course of 50 years so that it has like certain knots. Like when you were born, they know when you were born and they, they planted a tree for you and they knew in 50 years, they would be cutting it down to make you ski. (laughs) Like how they pick the Dalai Lama kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, back to the skating thing. So bikes can be expensive. Running can be really hard on your knees as you get older. Skating like skating is always awesome. Like it's, I, I don't get why more people don't do it because you know, it, it, obviously anything's got a little bit of a learning curve when you're starting to do it, but you can take it pretty easy. Take it mellow. Like what's great about this, this skate to ski app too, is you have those little training exercises you can do to get yourself comfortable on them. But once you get going and you start getting some, some comfort on the skates, there are few feelings as great as being able to just rip on your skates. True. I mean, so skiing like, is one of them, but you, yeah. you need the mountain for that and the snow. This is all you need is a flat surface and you can just rip as fast as you want. And that's the beauty of it. Like you don't need space. Like I always think like, you know, what business park has a rad parking lot? Like I have like ski, you know, you get ski eyes, you get skate eyes, right? You're like, yeah. oh shit, yeah. That, that would be awesome to go skate. <laughs> or like you follow the paver around. You're like, oh, where's he going? Yeah. Snow. Nice freshly paved pavement is like, uh, that's the best, right? True story though. Like in Vermont, they have a, uh, they have in other states. So the the roadways will be like, okay, we're this is uh, new work on X road, and this is when it's projected to be done, and this is when the work's being done. So you can go there, and you can be like, oh, this is getting redone this year. So by fall, it'll be like ten miles, of like fresh hill or something, or flat or whatever you want to skate. You know, it could be downhill, it could be distance. Nice. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool. It makes, then that's, you know, that was one of the things that, um, you know, is at least it depends on where you are. One of the, uh, could be the potential limitations is really your sense of adventure and the, like where you think you can go. Cause I know I was trying to find a place by me. Um, and I found a good Hill. And then again, one of the great workouts is getting back up the Hill to do it again. <laughs> but, uh, certain places, like if you have really like janky pavement, I mean, that's probably more of like a problem in like nor- the northern states during the spring. Gets a little terrifying. Yeah. And you can have potholes and things aren't too smooth. But um, like Mario, where you are, I mean, you're flat in Florida. But it's you pretty guys, nice. Yeah. You guys but, have all yeah, but you still You still got to find your zones. You know, you find yeah. your zones and then you're like, okay, I know this route or I know this path. And then that's where you go. And like well, if you're starting out, you just f- look for rad parking lots and you're like, oh, that's got a cool loop around the parking lot and there's slight pitch here. And I can do like, like, uphill stuff there or you gotta watch out for like you know sand and gravel and stuff too i mean here it's you'll get patches of sand where it's just you know uh but they have a lot of trails here i mean florida you know they pride themselves on always having bike and and you know running trails and i see more and more i think miles i was mentioning to you i live right by clearwater beach and going out to the beach and on the beach not really so much on the beach but like that pinellas trail 
is a, a big trail that goes north and south all the way down to St. Pete, all the way up north uh, to, I think, I think it goes as far as um, like Tarpon Springs. And um, you ride for miles. I rode, I rode it on my bike. I did uh 26 down and 26 back to St. Pete, uh, but you can get on that. There's no cars, you know, you, you just, and you just cruise on. So it's great because you don't have to worry about traffic or anything like that. Yeah, that, that is a big thing. Like, I feel like part of the sport, you know, like skiing is pretty controlled. Like you go to the resort, you buy your ticket, you go in the lodge, like skating is a little bit more free, like biking. So like a lot of people think get nervous and where to go and how to do it and how to start. And, yeah, you know, cause you don't want to like, I'm talking about going, looking at like the Vermont, uh, Department of Transportation website and figuring out what hills I want to go bomb down. But like, I'm at a different level. Like I know what I'm doing. I'm spotting it, you know? Um, but that's like, you know, just on a small level, just finding a good path to go down, you know, even like a, like school parking lots on the weekend are yeah. a good spot. I know that was always our thing playing roller hockey was finding a school with a giant brick wall and smooth pavement. So because again, we used to jump in the tennis courts and they used to chase us away because they were like, you start scuffing the tennis court and they get pissed. And so uh, be careful when you do that. Players but. are such divas. They're almost as bad as golfers. I was by a park that nobody used the tennis courts that much. So we were just, we would roll around on there and, and you know, people would complain, but it'd be after like a year or two. And we're like, ah, it's all right. We're not What's playing a there. Tennis anymore. player going to do to you. <laughs> Come on. Really? It was great. They had the net there. Like we could have a whole, you know, it was two tennis courts next to each other. It's perfect. You don't have to go chasing the ball if it goes flying, you know? Exactly. It was great. <laughs> you were playing tennis on skates? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, just hold a racket. Be like, oh, we're playing tennis, sir. <laughs> that's right. Uh, what I like about Rollblade, though, is you just throw them on. It's, like, easy to have them. Uh, it's easy, like you said, Miles, like, easy to go anywhere. It's unlike, so, it, it's it's almost like a a cheaper entry way to get into skiing right by far because skiing is pretty expensive sport mm -hmm. you know plus you got to travel and everything so with this skate to ski and I, plus you might I, suck I have, at it <laughs> yeah yeah right after spending all that money exactly um i really like the idea of it because you know somebody could actually start training even before they ski put on a pair of skis you know with a rollerblade which is more accessible you could do it more often uh and it's it's cheaper to do you know in the long run me and my buddy he uh He's an Alpine, um, his name's Chris. He works at OMS, the Alpine uh, Ski Race dude. And him and I were chatting about it. We're like, okay, so how many turns can you get in in a, an hour on snow, right? And how many turns can you get in on your skates in an hour? So, like, if you're really trying to, like, work on something, like, it could just be simple as hand position. Like, you're going to get a lot more muscle memory in a shorter period of time. You know, so I, I, and you don't have to travel. I, you're at home. No, you don't have to travel. And like, and that's you walk out of your door and you come back and you're done. You know, like Florida is awesome. And like Peter Glenn's shops are all over the place down there. People love to ski, right? Yeah, Peter like, Glenn's big down here. Uh, like why not skate, man? Like you're going to travel and spend how much to go wherever, you yeah. know, maybe have friends there or what have you, but might as well like show up and like be ready to rip day two and one, not like day get your four. ski legs before you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, doing this for the summer, you know, if you do this for a full summer, I could imagine you would be in a really great position once you got on the snow for the first time. 
in the, the fall or winter, because again, it's a lot of the same muscle memory, you know, biking's great. Again, biking great. is great. Running is great, but it's not, it's not as close to the same muscle movement as skating is. Yeah. I mean, I bet just because you're of your hockey background, you know, you're a stronger skier just from that. I mean, well, I really didn't, I didn't get, I mean, I've talked about it before in the podcast. Like I really didn't get hardcore into skiing till I was 30. And I was lucky that I'd been skating for probably 20 plus years before that. So I had a lot of the muscle already built up. It was just a matter of tweaking a few things. Mm-hmm. You're it's not being, you're, I think it was a lot of uh, not you being were there that first day. Anymore. You remember what that first day was like, that 40 minutes of trying to get my foot, my boot and my binding. But after he was my a guy fall. like you're, you're, I'm skiing with him the first day and I'm like, he can ski. He's just, he needs that confidence, you know? So. <laughs> Uh, just, you know, we all have that story, the first dumpster fire day, but you know, that's, that's how we learn. But then again, it, like you said, it, the muscle memory was there, like the muscles were ready and it was just a matter of kind of getting the mechanics down and, uh, just haven't looked back with either. Like, it's like, you know, it's two things I love doing. And, you know, when, when I saw you guys release this, I wasn't sure when, but I saw it over the summer the, the skate to ski, I was excited because I thought this was fantastic. And then talking to you about it at the show kind of, uh, hammered the point home so you know it's we're kind of really dove deep into it and i checked it out i did some of the exercises on it i really liked it um again i wish i had gotten to it earlier in this in the summer so i could have done more with it um but how did you guys like whose idea was it to come up with this app oh that's it uh that's a good question it's been something that's been in the works uh with our global president um jeremy he's been something he's wanted to do for a while and and steven they were co-presidents for a little bit they're just they're both avid skiers so it's kind of interesting like everybody that's a skater comes from something you know i come from skiing you came from hockey um and they came from skiing too they were hockey players so it's always been like that side thing like how come more skiers aren't skating so it's always been like this passion project with inside brand i mean and then plus we're part of technica group so it's you know, Technica, Blizzard, Nordica, we're all like sister companies. So then there's that coexistence and just again, like why are more people skating? And so it's been this passion project for the whole brand, which is cool for me because I've always done stuff that like I'm passionate about and I'm excited about. Um, so being able to work on getting skiers skating, it's been like, super exciting. You know. I think it's a great crossover, especially like you mentioned, since you're part of Technica Group. I mean, you know, the access to to great ski technology and now rollerblade technology. Why not if they can help each other out? You know, help athletes do both. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of U.S. ski teamers, uh, since we've been launching the project and reaching out and 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 you know through all all the different people we know, just saying, "Oh, you're already skating. You let's get you on some good skates." Talking about just you know, different U.S. ski teamers like uh, Nino Brian. There, she was at the World Cup. I don't know exactly how she did at Killington, but she was she's on skates. And I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see who's who's using it. I mean, just within the app itself, you know, Brennan Ruby, who's on the cover of the the booklet we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, and does all the voices on the videos. And then him and Katie Ryan are the two demonstrators. They're both U.S. ski team athletes. Um, oh, cool. And, I like the Brennan. disclaimer they put in there that if, uh, unless you're an, a U.S. Olympian, you you should wear a helmet <laughs> and, <laughs> and pads. <laughs> it's well, a lot of people don't want to be 
uncool, right? Like wearing pads, but that'd be like yeah. thinking you need to like show off your six pack skiing, you know, wear a jacket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's not how you ski. That's how I ski. Like, I, I wear yeah, I just think it's silly if, you, if you're not <laughs> great at doing it or you haven't done it in a while, like, you know, definitely wear all the pads, right? The uh, the wrist guard, the elbow and the knee guards, right? Yeah, we have the whole big problem with, you know, egos being hurt with, with everything yeah. and, and helmets and gear is that's a thousand percent a problem that people, yeah, like, I'm not going to look cool. It's like, dude, you never look cool. You're an asshole. Like, just put on the knee pads, put on the elbow pads. Trust yeah. us. Exactly. You know, like, right. It's- <laughs> you're right you're gonna look uncool just trying to do it before you learn how to do it and then you fall right. and then you don't have your pads on like figure out how to do it first and then decide whether you need the gear or not <laughs> exactly well, i take a perfect example our buddy steve he got a one wheel and he's okay. zipping on his one wheel he thought he was he was actually pretty good at it and he decided let me put it there's a mode i guess it's a downhill mode so he's like let me put on downhill and there's big hill by his house and he's like let me just keep trying to see how fast i can go so of course <laughs> he falls and he breaks his wrist scrapes up his knees his face everything i was like what the hell did he he killed himself pretty much so now now he's a little more careful on the one wheel but uh so he still doesn't wear pads then? Is he, huh? He's still not wearing pads. No, still not wearing pads. I'm like, but he, but he doesn't, I don't know. I don't see why he doesn't wear pads or something, you know? I think he tries to wear a helmet more now, but. Helmet, still. at least wear a helmet. I mean, at the very minimum. Yeah. Again, you don't really, you don't feel any different wearing a helmet versus wearing a hat versus wearing nothing. Right. You know, it's not like it's debilitating you. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's just a, a silly frame yeah, of holes in them now for breathing. So you, you just get one of those that. It's not too hot if, if that's what you're worried about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't... They, there's, I think there's a lot that look pretty rad, you know? I don't think they look yeah, goofy or anything. There's definitely some bike helmets that do look goofy. But True. That's, again, you know, if you want to be... If you got to worry about the aerodynamics, you know, going 60 miles an hour, that's your helmet. You just got to gotta own it. That's it. Got to own it. Yeah. Now you mentioned Technica Group. Did they have any part in the creation of this app, or was it all strictly on the rollerblade side? It's, I mean, it's all they're all individual companies within, but yes, yeah, so it's a rollerblade project, not a, not part of the other brands. Do you guys share technology at all, like uh, either materials or? There's a lot of people that play dual roles, and a lot of there's a lot of communication within the brand, so. Um, there's more of that plan down the road for sure. Um, so the, like the, the ownership of Technica group is from 2008, I believe somewhere in there. Um, oh, it's been a while then. Yeah. It's been a bit, maybe even earlier than that, actually 2002. It's been family owned the whole time rollerblade, you know, from the origin. And then it's just kind of passed through a couple different, uh, family owned businesses, mm. uh, to Technica group. Yeah, no, 2002. So it has been a long, long time. Wow. There's lots of discussions about sharing those different technologies and stuff like that. Um, But it's kind of, they're two different worlds. Like the the evolution of like the skate world and the evolution of the ski world. You know, I guess you could argue ski boots to some degree, share things. And and that's what I'd like to see more of. And that's stuff where, you know, it's liner technology. And um, I think that's always the argument, you know, like it's easier to put on rollerblades. Why can't it be that easy to put on ski boots or vice versa? You know, like <laughs> why can't the, the skate boots be stiffer or something, you know? So I'm sure there's, there's, you know, questions that come up like that. Right. 
Yeah. And, and like just different plastic types. And, and I think really like within, like just thinking about the way the liner fits, you know, footbed, um, how can you make that, um, give more arch support or, or whatever support your foot needs. That's like really important in skiing. Like, cause skating is the same thing. Like if your foot is in your ski boot or your skate and you're moving around then that energy is not being transferred down through your wheels or down through your edges. So like having something that can articulate any movement in your foot through your choice of ocean, be it skis or skates or whatever, right. you, know, you got to have that, that good solid fit but i think like the forces are different right so that's where like the plastics change like how much stiffness do you really need in an escape versus a ski boot i'm not flexing my tip on a on a skate so i don't need all that like uh feedback and a lot of skiers like talk to like oh i wish this was stiffer i'm like you don't really need stiffer you're just used to feeling stiff because you're trying to flex the front of your ski where on a skate you know you want to be in a good athletic stance you want to be like you know risky yeah. ready stance whatever athletic ready stance but you don't need to drive like you do mm-hmm. a ski. Yeah, i think it, more of it like just holding the position is what you get out of gates it's almost like you have that mentality of if i'm not uncomfortable it must not be fitting right <laughs> you know and, and the, the skates like you said there isn't that need to have that long plane of transfer so it can be comfortable it doesn't have to be extra extra stiff yeah now how has the feedback been so far on the app the app's been really good um we've got new analytics so we can start looking at like you know what people are doing on there which is really interesting to see um it's really been taken on by like the world of psia and um u.s ski team u.s uh ussss now i don't know if you guys are familiar with all that those different governing bodies there, um, but like all the youth development racers are USSS, right? Uh, United States ski and snowboard. Um, and then that's how you become an Olympian. So like they're using it in different summer camps and, and training through the year at different clubs like Stratton mountain school or, uh, CVA, which is up in Car- like up in Sugarloaf, and GMVS at Sugarbush. So they have like fleets of skates, and they're putting kids on skates to, to practice the Skills Quest stuff that's in the app that we've turned in. We, I mean, it's not a direct like it's pretty close to what they do, but it's modified for skating. Um, that's really cool. And, and then on top of that, they're just skating, which like you, you, we all know it's like just super fun to do. Um, so like, that's what the kids are finding. It's like, okay, here's the entry into it. Oh, wow. We can like set up beep timers and we can like run courses and, and work on technique, but then we can just like play capture the flag or like, well, the good go part skate. is like you, like you said, once you introduce kids to it, they'll come up with creative fun things that they want to do and probably come up, come along with something that's like, holy moly, that's a lot of fun. Let's, let's make that, you know, let's turn into an exercise. Brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at crashed ice, right? That was uh, something born out of, hey, let's make this crazy-ass course and have these skaters do. It's almost like you could do something like that with rollerblades, you know, have some kind of its own sport born out of, you know, this, you know, practice for skiing. But, you know, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you have a, a niche for, hey, you know, there's a downhill rollerblading competition or something, you know, or or a course or, or a well, roller cross, you know, that's what there is. Yeah. They had that <laughs> definitely back in the day, like the X games. No, they still do. That. That yeah, world, right? 
Yeah, World Roller Games, though. So this is like a, a global organization, and they have nice. downhill, like straight, as fast as you can go, 60 miles an hour, whatever oh, they do. Oh, Jesus, really? Then, nice. they, then they have disciplines of like gate bashing on skates, so it's just like alpine skiing. And then they have, uh, you know, skate park, speed, like marathon, short track, long track. I mean, there's this whole world around it. And then even in the U.S., there's a governing body that, that – uh, offers all that stuff roller hockey too so there's like there are things to get into and that's what i think people find when they get into it. it's like holy shit i can go do a marathon wow like, so how, well, how would somebody find out about that because you know it's you talk about it and like you said once you get into it like you find out about it but like how would you somebody that's interested listening to this now like if they you know they want to start looking for events near them or start looking for places to go like how would they do that well, there's, um, you know, even rollerblade, we do a great job of on our events calendar showing stuff like that. Um, and then following like our social media, we always promote other people doing things around, um, cool. the U S globally for that matter. Um, and then there's, uh, let's see, there's, uh, USA, uh, skate association. I'll have to, Send it to you. I can't remember exactly the, the dot org. And that's that's the governing body of like speed, indoor, outdoor, short track. Wow. And then, uh, Brian, you well, can do that. You, Brian, you get into artistic, man. Come Dude, on, I, man. I am looking at the uh, World Roller Games website right now. And oh, I am, yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing it? I'm seeing it. And I'm trying to figure out what rink hockey is because they rink have hockey. inline hockey and they have rink hockey. So rink hockey's just been around longer. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's like, so within the roller world, there's, you know, quads and then there's inline and inline skating is like super old as far as like the invention concept of it. But as far as like a branded sport, it's from the rollerblade brand origin, which is 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where, so prior to that, you had roller skating rinks all over the country and roller skating was quite popular for, for many years. And so their roller hockey that you're looking at came out came about so it's just kind of always been there oh so it's just quad skates hockey pretty much that's what you're seeing right like is yeah. that yeah exactly that's exactly okay nice now i noticed that the people are where they have a really funky looking stick and they're not wearing many pads i that's, don't know a lot about the sport <laughs> <laughs> is it a crossfit floorball or no their wheels are not in line, so I like I just don't I don't pay attention. Yeah, you know what I think, Mario. Yeah, it's kind of like the stick looks almost floorball like. There's a. If I think it's, me, it's like waffle like. Like the Milex stick. No, I think it's actually wood though. Oh, so it's like a deck hockey almost. It's yeah. Uh, it's like curling or is it hurling or curling? The little curling. No, oh. like hurling. I think it's called that Irish. Oh yeah, the Irish one with a wooden stick. It's kind of like hit the that. Ball and stuff. Hey man, I love it. This is a thing. Like this, is, it's great that there's this much of a draw. I mean, Portugal beat Italy for the championship. So. Damn, dude, I want to see you in the world inline downhill. Well, I'm very concerned that the U.S. lost twenty to one to Colombia. That's I mean, it's not a it's not a high scoring game. Most games are four to three, two to one. You're not on the team, man. That's the problem. I think they need me. Maybe this is my calling. Finally. <laughs> Damn. They do have inline version too. If you wanted to do that, that um, I saw. But talking about downhill, I I got to say my friend uh, Gabe 
and he runs he owns a shop in Boston. Uh, he has the world record for speed on inline. Really, eighty four and change miles an hour. But that Holy that's moly. that's not with turns like what you're seeing at the World Games. That's just like you know, skate as fast as you can down a hill, get clocked. Find a big big hill and just skaters, go luge and. <laughs> You, Hopefully you, you clear the traffic, right? <laughs> Do you know where he did that? He did it in Quebec, uh, near Quebec City. I can't remember the name of the town exactly, but wow. I could share a link with you on like on that. That's, that's he cool. wants to break ninety. That's cool. He's close, right? <laughs> now, are this is there like regulations? Are there the bearings? Are they like uh, some sort of like? Uh, legitimate bearings they're not like bootleg ones that someone made up no they're 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 a lot of people use ceramics um yeah high-end speed bearings that's so cool high-end or ceramics yeah they just they roll faster the um metal can warp metal can rust Mm, um ceramic uh they can they're just yeah they're much they're much uh, more precise i guess and he has like special downhill frames with special wheel configurations and stuff like that oh, wow. he says like at that speed you hit a crack and you kind of levitate a little bit well, nice <sighs> it's gonna be terrifying <laughs> nothing bad happens in the air that's what i will say it's true <laughs> nothing bad ever happens in the air so you just fly low everywhere then <laughs> that's right exactly. just don't hit the ground you're good <laughs> just stay in the air so the app's getting good feedback. Are you guys looking to evolve it then for, um, cause I guess it's, it would strategically, you guys want to have updates and it, it's more for like skiers in the summertime, right? Yeah. I think, um, one thing that's going to happen is there'll be different phases to the app. We'll add more content. Uh, and also as, as more skiers start to use it, they're going to have ideas and concepts and new drills and skills, stuff that, is built off of existing ski stuff or so the hope is to to build uh, more of a collaboration within the ski people ski world aside from the people that we're working with uh, psia you know to have them um which they already are they're hosting clinics in the summertime and inviting members to come and they get to continuing educational credits so you have to have two credits every two years to keep your uh, psia instructor certification so they can come and do a, a a clinic on skates and go through different skills within this the skate to ski app and also stuff that's just comes from their their teaching model and then they just adopt it and adapt it a little bit on on skates. So to see more of that, I guess is what I'm getting at is to see more of how how that can develop and what that can grow into because you know it, it has to. I feel like grow organically through the skiers because that's the purpose of it, right? Like I can, as my skiing perspective, say and do as much as I want and other people that we've been working with can, but to have like a more of a communal growth to how to use skates and develop the app more, what's, what's important, you know, as you start to use it. I mean, I know Brian, you've used it just recently since we've met, Um, but like, imagine you get through that whole process. It's like, what's missing? What am I, what I get back on snow, you know, like what, what am I missing? What could I do in the summertime that I didn't do? Yeah. And different, yeah, you said different points of view, different perspectives from people, people who are used to different terrain and there's a, yeah, there's definitely potential for like a crowd 
collaboration almost on mm-hmm. uh, next evolution. And I love too, how you guys have the, um, the off day stuff as well. So, you know, it has like the yoga and the stretching and then links right to the YouTube videos. So, you know, you're, you're still in the app and you can just click a button and it takes you to YouTube. You can watch the video. And I think that too, probably has a lot of potential for different, you know, levels of training that people want to do if they want to do, you know, weight training or other kind of cross training with skating. Um, it seems like it can go in a lot of different directions with this. And this is yeah. kind of like just the, uh, the genesis of it. And that's a really good point. Like the app is really built to take someone that doesn't do does it could be doing be doing nothing, you know, because some people ski and they're not necessarily not an athlete, but they aren't an athlete. So they really could use skating as their really only cross training thing that they do. So having that breakdown you're talking about of like the training schedule that we've built, it takes someone into like, how can I, I want to skate cause it looks like fun and it looks like it'll feel like skiing, but then what else can I do? I mean, it really is a full program for someone to be better when they hit snow. Yeah. And well, I'm looking forward don't... to it because, uh, down, you know, I'm in a warm climate, so I don't have that luxury of getting those, those quick weekend, you know, ski days in throughout the year. So what's going to keep me going, at least I could do this, you know, even in the winter when I'm not on a ski trip, I can do this in between, you know, to, to help keep those legs going, you know, and in the summer, you know, we do it all summer. Why not? Yeah. Well, what is cool about it too is that, you know, a lot of people may think they know what they're doing when they're training as well. Like, you know, a lot of people go, I've been doing the same workout for 20 years. Yeah. Been it's doing like, squats. That's what everybody says. Or just do squats. And they're, yeah, probably, yeah. they're probably doing the Smith press or whatever or something yeah. that's not the best for them. Do a ton of squats today. That's it. Well, that's why, that's why, you know, like the beach body Peloton, like why those are successful is because it gives people the roadmap that they need. Cause mm-hmm. most people have no idea what they're doing. So to give people more structure and, you know, obviously if someone is downloading this, they love skiing. That's kind of where it starts at. It's like, Oh, okay. Now I can do something to get me a better skier. So I can enjoy skiing more by doing this. So yeah, if you kind of lay it out for people this way, they're going to have more fun doing the thing they love. And the fact that you link from in the app is important because now it's not, Oh, we recommend you do this. It's no, here, here's a link. You can, it takes you right there. That's good. You don't lose them. Yeah. Mario, like, what you were saying though, like ultimately it's fun, right? So, I mean, you're in Florida, so you yeah. can't go ski every weekend. So like you, but you right. want to have fun. You want to like riding a bike is a blast, man. It feels good. Like charging around and getting a workout and skating does too. Like you want that good to change it up too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like life gets stale. Like you're saying about the guy just doing squats. It's like, come on, man. Like, I, mean, shit, I want to go into a department store and rip through the department store on rollerblades. Let them chase oh. me. You know, it's <laughs> exactly what I'm looking forward to doing. Well, I spent the whole ski show on my skates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Four days rolling nice around. Flat surface, nice cement surface. Right. It was awesome. People just, it's the best is when you go places on skates, if you're talking about going to like stores and then you're just floating by. <laughs> and, and, and like, when you look at somebody that's realizes they're seeing something that doesn't quite make sense, but they can't figure out why. <laughs> like, what's going on? They're like on their phone, like in the periphery, they're like, I should look up at this. Then they're like, like a double take, like what? What? Yeah. It's funny. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. I mean, I don't know how many coffee shops I've been into where I've got my coffee and like all done everything. And they're like, Oh wait, you're on skates. Like, I mean, I've been in there for half an hour. <laughs> it's like, I'm not six foot 10. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just on skates. Well, hey, that's another benefit too. If you're a short guy, it gives you about another what five inches or so lift. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> to that girl, I'm like, hey baby, I'm I'm really not, you know, five two. <laughs> well, first spill, first spill your beer on her and then <laughs> there you go. Go up to her. I if I were you, what I would do is I would spin around her while I was dropping the beer on top of her. Oh, there you go. Or something, you know, that would be She'd be it. mesmerized by you floating. And then it'd be Sensory like music overload. in the background. <laughs> Am I in well, a I dream mean, sequence? Brian, that's your move, man. I don't know. Barely. Unfortunately, I'm married, so that move has no value to me right now. Well, friend, friend making, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's We're it. all about making friends. So, and it worked here apparently. So you're hanging out, chatting with us. So See? something worked. Yeah, true. Maybe so, even do some skiing soon if you're up in uh, in Vermont in a couple of weeks. Yes, I will be in, you know, hopefully be there, be in Vermont a lot more often this uh, this winter. We shall see. May do some skiing this week. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We actually will be skiing indoors in New Jersey this week, oh, Thursday. The Meadowlands. Right. Yes, we're going to be there for the uh, the opening on yeah. Thursday. So sick. That'll be it'll be interesting. I'm That's... packing up my ski gear to go inside, which is weird. <laughs> I'm going to fly up for this. And, and I'm like, I'm packing everything up and I'm going to go. How cold is it going to be? Well, says they, 28 says degrees they, inside, right? Yeah, that's what they try to keep it at. I'm like, all right, it's going to be cold. <laughs> yeah, I saw some footage of them loading the cat in there. And that uh, organization oh, nice. does like the terrain-based learning. They did all the, the grooming there. So I bet it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Be, they do like cool to see the start of it yeah exactly i'm excited that's really special yeah we yeah. shall see yeah so miles anything else that uh you want to share about the skate to ski app or rollerblade or anything that the listeners need to know about uh i really encourage anybody that's uh loves to ski and to try uh try skating if they're not already doing it and download the app and send us some feedback let us know what they you know what they think and how we can improve it and share content like there's a lot of people skating out there and uh there's a pretty big community so if if you're already skating and you're a skier uh coming and connecting at like skate migration i hope to get mario over there to miami in february i don't know if you're around uh it's a weekend long skate uh friday saturday sunday cruise around uh cool that'd be fun beach area but every yeah. major city has stuff like that. So it's pretty nice. cool. If you decide to skate, there's a whole world out there to explore, just like the ski community. It's pretty cool. cool. Seriously, yeah. If you haven't rollerbladed in a while and you're a skier, you're really doing yourself a disservice because it really is a blast. And like you said, you can do it almost anywhere and any any conditions. And as long as it's not raining, you can pretty much do it anywhere. Truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, any advice for people uh, that want to uh, purchase rollerblades? Yeah, uh, two more points, I guess. One would be uh, there's lots of good retailers out there. Rollerblade has a dealer locator. Support your local skate shop if you can. Um, and then if you're looking to get into it and you don't know how, uh, Skate IA is uh, governing directors um, in the U.S., North America. And then there's ICP, which is another uh, organization that creates ski instructors and they're all over the country, Canada, all over the globe. So it's a good way to, if you're really not confident about getting into it, but you want to, you can find really nice people that'll walk you right through the early steps of getting on skates. Very cool. Awesome. 
All right. Yeah. Skateia.org. You can check that out. So, so Miles, thank you so much. Rollerblade.com is where they can go for yep. skate to ski. That's where you'll find it. Awesome. It's it on really the app too. Yeah. It, it's a free app. Check it out. Cool. We really think you'll enjoy it. Thanks, Thanks a lot, for Miles. Me. Miles, thank you so much for coming on. Peace, guys. All right. See ya. Peace. All right. What do you guys think? Hope you enjoyed that. If you want more information and you want links to some of the stories we talked about and link to the skate to ski app, go to skibumpodcast.com. We'll have it there. And if you have any questions for us, hit us up skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. One story here. It is a good one. I will tell you, I sent this to a family WhatsApp group and we had a wonderful conversation about it. Oh my God. This, uh, <laughs> I don't know how you found this and I don't know how this is real, but this is pretty amazing. Man whose farts can kill mosquitoes six meters away hired to create new repellent. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Joe Waramira Ramira Rama. What? Damn, what did that guy eat? Wamarama, we're going to say. Wamarama. Wamarama. 48 of Kampala, Uganda claims that his farts kill mosquitoes up to six meters away and that he's been hired by a manufacturing company to help develop a new repellent. God damn. Did you know that mosquitoes were one of the deadliest animals in the world? Yeah, I can imagine. They spread so much disease, right? Yeah, there's some kind of crazy stat that like more people have died from mosquito illnesses, malaria, than any other from any other animal in the history of humans. Until Joe Ramorama was born. <laughs> and they started killing people in his town. He's like the Pied Piper of mosquitoes. <laughs> right? So is it that his farts just like kill everybody, including mosquitoes? <laughs> it's just like, oh. there's like a lot of collateral damage here with his farts. <laughs> How much is the collateral damage? Because I want to know, because this is pretty fucked up. I like, love that, uh, that like an actual journalist wrote this article <laughs> because it says the reason for Joe's strange insect killing farts remains unclear. And he claims that his farts are just like everyone else's. Just like anyone else. That's just kill mosquitoes with it. Yeah. Damn. He says he eats ordinary food just like everyone else, but no insect can lay a foot on me. Not even a fly. Well, that's the first question is, what are you eating? <laughs> it says he smells like a normal man. He bathes daily and his farts are just like everyone else. They're just dangerous to small insects and especially mosquitoes. <laughs> And I love, I, I love the, this whole article so much. The next paragraph is his special skill is well known across Kampala, according to local barber, James Yoweri. Who are you going to interview? The barber. Yeah. Obviously, the, bar the barber. Hey, the barber has his finger on the pulse. That's for sure. <laughs> and the barber said he is known all over the city as the man who can kill mosquitoes with his farts. When Joe Damn. is around, we all know that mosquitoes will vanish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, that boy came around the barbershop. I got my hair cut. I didn't get any mosquito stings. He just farted them away. 
And Damn. the next, I, I love this. Every paragraph in this article is amazing. Next one, quote, he is respectful of people around him and will only fart when there are mosquitoes around, <laughs> which bring malaria. His farts uh, get rid of this disease. He's going to like run for like the king of the country. <laughs> Who's the guy who invented the polio vaccine? Like yeah, this guy. There's that the- guy. And then there's this guy. With the magic farts. They will be next to each other in the annals of medical history. So and while the identity of the manufacturing company remains a mystery. Paying him millions. Magical millions. farts of, of all. <laughs> now, so when we, we sent this in our uh, our little family, like WhatsApp group, they were like, we were kind of going back and forth and my sister-in-law was like, I can picture you like farting into a bottle and doing this yourself. Ah, oh, it's great. And then it became a whole conversation. She's like, I'm like, what kind of bottle? She's like, oh, like a Poland spring bottle. I'm like, well, like a 16 ounce one or like one of those, you know, farts, right? those like giant office jugs, like those, you know, eight gallon ones. Damn. She's big. like, oh, a Poland spring, like a little personal 16 ounce one. I'm like, well, it's, is it going to have the sport top or a regular screw on top? I kept like asking uh, stupid questions to make her think about me farting into a bottle. Nice. Yeah. Well, I know somebody that like was very flagellant. We were on a ski trip with them and I think his farts killed everybody. That's why I was like, right away. I was like, what's the collateral damage? Um, I don't think a mosquito could withstand. I know. I saved you, dude. I saved you. Dude, I, st- I still think my nose, my nose hair was singed <laughs> that night. <laughs> and You know, the best part is like, I'm like, I can't even stand it. Like, I'm going to save you by opening the door and leaving. <laughs> You're like, come with me if you want to live. Like, That's all I could do, bro. I can't even, I can't even be down here. God damn. The next day I'm like, I really hope Brian's alive. I opened up a door to maybe <laughs> get him some extra air, but he was I asleep. Did, I didn't recognize him. Damn. It wasn't the I same. Think, I think you were high and asleep. So it was like, damn, he's never going to wake up. Yeah, it was a rough one. But somehow, live to tell the tale. You pulled through. You pulled through. My boy. My boy, he pulled through. So mosquitoes, look out. Fartin' Joe is coming your way. Fartin' Joe. Well, thank you everyone so much for checking out the podcast. And big thank you to Miles from Rollerblade for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Check us out. All the info, skibonepodcast.com. If you want to get some last minute Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus gifts, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We're on the spo the socials, the socials, Twitter, We're on the Instagram, too, man. Facebook at Skibum Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Look for us on YouTube. Subscribe, rate, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. We're everywhere. We've got a couple more podcasts coming up next week. We'll be at least have one more before Christmas, maybe two. We'll be out there. Uh, We might go across the pond for a little podcast. We got some more fun interviews lined up. So hope you guys are enjoying them. Thank you so much again for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.